welcome to episode 45. Check out what we have in store for you this week. I've had too much coffee today and none of it caffeinated. Ooh, sad. <laughs> so, so I, I did this. Yeah, so Will got the real experience. I can't talk about portfolios, Oh, Will. no. Oh, no. And not, yep. and Wait not for it, mention, Wait for and it. not mention the king of apps, the king of tools. All bow down. This is the High Tech Podcast with your hosts, William Millingworth and Joshua Swartz on WKX5 440. I don't, I don't know. Wait, what? We're on a radio station now? I just... Isn't that... Don't we stop being a podcast when that happens? Isn't that a radio show? It's... Well, I don't know. Does that mean we got sponsored? I I, I don't know. Like, I've just always understood the difference between radio show and podcast is one is on the internet and not attached to a radio station, but Apple or google and the other is <laughs> on a radio station that's a fair fair insight. and they have commercials more commercials well i guess since our opening hasn't changed then we must still be a podcast because we want to make sure you know that we are on twitter at high tech podcast please do uh, follow us on there like us tweet things to us uh retweet yeah. things to us that'd be fantastic talk to us you know what you do on social media We're do that there alone. there's no one here <laughs> beside us well, i mean that's not true we have some people you're here you know i'm here yeah i'm here we have some other people you know who tweet and like things make sometimes. sure to send us any emails <laughs> inbox ideas we actually seriously would love to have folks who are interested in topics if you are an app we've reviewed and you want to be on the podcast anything like that please do email us at inbox at hightechpod.us um we're open to it we've had a couple of things yeah. come together because people re- reached out to us on twitter or via email um and those they've become a part of the podcast as a result of that so please do reach out and most importantly remember we've got a website every single episode has an episode page that goes along with it so there's some resources that would help you with the app that we suggest uh point you to how to get signed up if there's ever anything special as well we point that out in those notes but uh, that's the shtick at the high tech podcast not radio show yes we have not changed so this week josh we're doing pretty normal stuff aren't we yeah it's pretty simple it's tough because we keep recording all over the place we made a few jokes in a couple episodes about that um I, th- I and, think at, uh, the at least moment... I think we have. I don't know where we've made them at this point. Yeah, so right, if things get a little right. confusing at times with the high tech podcast, it's because we've had to record out of order because of what's coming up. Exciting things. But this week, um, yeah, pretty simple. We've got uh, we're just talking about a few things. The first thing uh, is uh, portfolios. Yeah? Should we use them? Which, should we use them? And I know that a lot of you right now are like, ooh, this is the riveting conversation oh. I've been waiting for. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like today in the yeah. news, I want to know which Kardashian did what and what do Josh and Will think about portfolios? I know that's I'm what you were really questioning in. how much you look at the news I don't, I, because like <laughs> that was your first go to like the I need to know in the news what's going on with the Kardashians. Like, because I'm a basic white chick. Like, that's, like, what I felt I, like. I got nothing, dude. Just got laid out there. I have no... Anyway, okay, this topic this week. Why should we use portfolios? I think... Let, let's explain ourselves of why we decided to do this. No, we are not running out of ideas. I think. Um, <laughs> no, I'll show you. Um, we... we uh, portfolios are a big thing in education, yeah. I feel like. I like, think this is a solid argument. Um People like to use them, especially education people tend to like really like to use portfolios. 
Um, but I've seen them in a lot of other places, specifically like communications majors, things like that. Like portfolios are, are a pretty big deal. And uh, I think what spawned this conversation for you and I, Will, were um, we've seen people use portfolios in a lot of different ways. And we have, a lot of them have not been good um or like intentional (laughs) i don't know i feel like it's one of those things where like people like the idea of a portfolio right but they don't use it in in an intentional way not not always because they're just not putting in work but because sometimes i think it's kind of confusing what we use this well and vehicle or activity for and i've even seen it used for professionals right so like higher education for um for faculty to get promotions and things like that you know on an annual basis you have to make your portfolio you have to submit it for tenure that kind of stuff um i've seen this be as simple and and maybe if you will say as bad as people like literally scanning all of their printed documents up into like a single file zipping it and that's their portfolio right and like even printing i don't know Printing digital images and stuff and, and realia and then scanning it and making pictures of stuff that they did in the physical classroom and then putting it in a file folder and, and calling that a portfolio. And, and one of the things that I think is really challenging to me about this is that one of the backgrounds of portfolios for me is like art, right? That's a very simple mm-hmm. area where, where portfolios yeah, show up. True. And I've seen I have a I have an art college in my town, in our town. And I've seen the kids walking up and down the sidewalk with these oh, yeah. like huge portfolios like strapped yeah, on their we just arm, saw it like, the other day. like walking up and down the street. Like, yeah. oh, they I know that they just did something, you know, drawing, painting, whatever in class, and they have to like literally carry a portfolio. But but when you think about it in an artistic sense and the purpose of like those portfolios, they're designed. They are very well put together. They are trying not usually even with a portfolio, it's not even just to like slap all my paintings in the same spot. It's like this is to communicate something in this portfolio of work. Yeah. And that's to me, I think the biggest challenge to a lot of the portfolio work and and digital tools I've seen for portfolios. It's not about just uploading a bunch of documents to a folder and calling it a day. You know, there's something I think to like the creativity behind the practice, uh, organizing it effectively. But, but the point being designing it, designing your portfolio so that the end product is not only um, convenient, easy to use, but, it, the portfolio should tell the story too. It's it's a part of bringing whatever you're trying to communicate a- across. So to me, you know, when the faculty, for instance, when their methodology for um, creating a portfolio is to use a file folder with Word document in, documents in it, it's like, ah, it's so telling of what technology you're not aware of and what, what ideas and methodologies you're not using. Because I've used half a dozen or more portfolio tools and all of them work a little bit different, but they have really good functionality. Yeah. Well, and I think for me, what it comes down to, feel free to push back on this. Um, not that, you know, you need my permission. Um, the, the, to me, I think it becomes a misconception of what portfolios are at their core for. Cause I think a lot of times people come to portfolios, like it's like, well, it's just to show the work I've done. Right? right. And like to a certain extent, there's there's a component of that. But really, at the end of the day, the best portfolios are telling a story of who I am. OK, like what what I've um, engaged in and done, not necessarily right. just like a here's a files of a bunch of my work. Right. Right. Like it's not the same thing as a resume. It's not it's a uh, curated you know, piece of content that, that explains really who you are in 
a way of by looking at some of the things you've created and produced and looked at like there's there's kind of a story that you're telling in it i think it's kind of a fair right. assessment i'm not expressing it the best way no I could no right but, now, but that's you're, you're not wrong josh on, on the importance of this and even what you're how you led off on the episode like i remember i think my first first portfolio i've ever i have ever had like, was probably in the fourth grade like it's it's not something that's new uh it's not just something yeah. that's higher education either like we're always challenged in some way to kind of even a resume, great example. Show me the best of what you're trying to say you can do to get this yeah. job or whatever it is, right? But like the portfolio's goal is always to have you demonstrate something that you've done well and hopefully with mm-hmm. some sort of narrative. Um, in the context of you know K-12 classes and, and experiences, the portfolios I did was like keep a portfolio of your academic year. But yeah. I don't need every little piece of paper and scribble and scrap that you had oh yeah i want you to give me the best of the best i want you to show me your excellent works the things you're proud of which i think already highlights that like i guess very personal nature of a portfolio it shouldn't just be like Mm -hmm. throw it slap everything together it should be that curated designed approach where you are presenting your best self uh, and and to mm-hmm. that effect, I think it is a very effective learning tool. I think it's a very effective way to um, have students demonstrate their competency over time and and even give them the chance to reflect, as we've always <laughs> emphasized, right? Reflect on the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I think we're going to lean towards some of the tool sides in the latter half of the episode of like ways to do it well and tools you can do use modern, modernly. Mm-hmm. That's not a word in the modern time. I don't know. Uh, Today. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I've had too much coffee today and none of it caffeinated. Um, Ooh, sad. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's that's to me the point of this. Like we want to advocate for the portfolio, but for a very intentional process, not just dump it, yeah. not just not just give me everything from week three or, you know, like if you want to make a yeah. portfolio activity, give them a very intentional end point that should drive them to be excellent, to do their work yeah. well. And again, I think it's like without using all the buzzwords in the world, like it's an intentionally curated uh, product at the end that tells a story about who you are and the progress and learning that you've done over time. Like, I think that's how I could best define portfolios. And here's where I see, before we get too far into the tools, the weakness in higher ed of how portfolios often happen is there's no intentionality, at least in my experience behind it happening at a programmatic level it's usually like this instructor for this course wanted to do a portfolio and they did it and at a course level it can still work but i feel like there's some you're losing some of the intentionality behind the portfolio if you thought about it at a bigger scale like how could we help students throughout their learning career and experience build a portfolio that eventually curates some of the best of the best about themselves and tells a story about who they are what they've learned and how they've grown from the beginning to the end of their learning experience, right? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, that's that's what I want to see out of a portfolio. So I think that's 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 kind of my plug to think about it at a bigger scale if you can, if you're in those circumstances that you can. So a good example, I think, to highlight some strengths and weaknesses of how they've been delivered and can be delivered. Uh, Josh and I actually both had to do this. So uh, in our undergrad, there was a kind of portfolio experience where you picked a theologian in one early course in your undergraduate process and over a series of courses you had to study that theologian and you write papers on them and and 
according to different and by the courses. way will was the only one who actually had to do this they bailed on it after my first year are you serious yeah i didn't get to do it long term oh oh see i feel like you got gypped i did wow because you've always told this story and i feel like i got kind of gypped out oh man I, I think i i forget who i picked i think it was edwards but yeah yeah uh, i forgot I about that to, i'm sorry so I so i i did this yeah so will got the real experience um where i was challenged in my first theology class to study a theologian and then you had to bring that theologian forwards across many different courses well the um i think big big win there was it was very intentional you know, you picked one person, you focused on them, and you wrote. You wrote a lot of content about this person. You had to research them. You had to find books about them. You had to find books that they wrote. Um, and and you know what? That was so fun. It was so challenging. And for me, once I had completed all the courses and could, like, look back over this person, I, I almost felt like a historian. I, I was like, you know what? I'm a little, like, I'm a little, per you know, I'm a little theologian expert. This is awesome. I, I took it seriously. I enjoyed it. It was worth doing. But... As it as a win, for an example, it was intentional. It was programmatic. Um, it, it went well. There was different types of learning involved in it, from pre presentations to papers to whatever, right? Um, and it was over time, so I could very clearly see some some development points. Where it failed, though, was at, at the very least between some of the full time and adjuncts I took. Right, the adjuncts didn't always take it as seriously. And that just is what it is, right? But like in those courses, the quality of my work wasn't expected to be higher by some of these faculty I yeah. took. Uh, and so you can see dips in my work. Like I, this is me reflecting on it, but like I could see like, oh, in that class, I didn't really write anything more than the one page, you know, prospectus on this person. Whereas in that other course, I wrote a 10 page research paper on them. So it's not like you can really qualify that as similar work. And that portfolio takes a hit for yeah. it. Uh, so that's just that one of those things like the programmatic level is great that it was prescribed across all the courses, but then that follow through and enforcement of keeping it up across different faculty wasn't wasn't really great. And I think that that can be true even just of ourselves if we're doing one course with an entire portfolio. Like if you're doing it and you're going to hold the students to create content for that portfolio over the course of a semester in your course, it's up to you to maintain the standard that like either it progresses you know, from like easier, smaller assignments to a bigger culminating assignment or that they're consistently paced and, and the cadence of doing like, you know, a three page paper every two weeks or a three page paper every three weeks or something that adds to that portfolio really fulfills the goal of what they're trying to demonstrate. Now, I lean towards papers. The theo theologian thing was a lot of papers, but this could be presentations today this can be videos that they're creating it can be them running a twitter account yeah. there's a lot of ways they could be demonstrating their content yeah. for this portfolio or think, think about it like a design like uh, design programs or things like that like um what would it look like to do a portfolio activity where like over several courses they're building a portfolio of uh accumulating activities that they've done that build towards something so like Maybe they have to design this certain video in the, you know, this intro class. Oh, but then sure, it leads sure. to more of like a bigger production or whatever that may be, right? I'm being vague because there's a lot of different options that there could be for it. But the key <laughs> is, is that you're then presenting it in a way that they're going to take that and curate it into this bigger picture portfolio that they can then use. Um, and, uh, and here's the other key that I think needs to be done well with portfolios. At its core of a portfolio being done well, it should be being able to be put into a product that can be taken somewhere else after they're done, 
right? So like you and I harp on this all the time. The amount of portfolios I've seen people do that it's like it's so locked down in the course that they did that it literally defeats the purpose of the portfolio. There's no like a portfolio should be something that can be shared. It could be something that the student can look back yeah. on. It should reflect on, use, utilize. And if it's locked down in the course where they can't access it after they've submitted it or it's not transferable, uh, it's it's useless in my opinion in certain ways. Like learning, they may have learned from it, but the, the long-term benefits the of value, the portfolio yeah. activity, the value is cheapened well, because they can't do anything with and it. And like that was one of those things where you, you may not always find the perfect product but like our old lms it it was nice in the sense that it had a portfolio tool built in and you could give a public link right you could use that mm -hmm. but yeah. after graduation if a student gets locked out by the institution they can never get back to they that portfolio. Do anything with it. like so or edit it like at the end of the day if a student wants to take like give them the tools that they could take that portfolio and keep using it and building on it they can't do that if it's a specific institutional tool that they never have access to again right right or they can't edit again um, and I, I think that's the big thing. So I think like, well, let's, let's do it this way before we jump into some suggestions and practical stuff, like top three things that you would want to do to make a portfolio activity useful and helpful. Right. So what, what would be those things that you're trying to do? Yeah. I would make sure that there's a, a driving goal for what you want them to demonstrate about themselves. Did they improve a skill? Okay. Did they improve, um, you know, their understanding of a concept did they do a deep dive onto something like the theologian project mm -hmm. right so one driving goal one driving deliverable across the entire thing not just give me yep. all your stuff um i think that i think that there's a big pull or big push i might put this as number three but it's the second thing that came to me um in priority at least make it allow it to be or make it be multimodal in the sense of like it should be one mode or another mode paper presentation you know let them yeah. create a little differently it doesn't have let to them be take some ownership of it yeah right give them the creativity to demonstrate themselves effectively in a tool that they're effective at communicating i i this is a whole tangent but i you know if you've got kids out here who are using tiktok and stuff to like create viral content let them use tiktok to communicate i don't i don't care like i don't think that that's it's a bad way to, to communicate or create content right um I'm not saying you shouldn't have a paper, but if they could do something like create a TikTok series that explains a concept across 15 videos with each video being, you know, 15 to 20 seconds, I think that's pretty darn creative and effective if they, if they can get that message mm -hmm. across, they can still do it and do it poorly. You're allowed to grade them poorly for doing it poorly. Right. Like, but yeah, I think that's an opportunity there is to just to lean into and embrace the fact that it's a digital world. Let them create content that meets that, that needs digitally. Um, and I think that number three for me is, is probably going to be some element of continuity, right? So we give them that single, that single goal to drive through, to demonstrate a skill, something, do something. But the continuity for me across courses was one theologian. That was that driving goal. And it worked across courses. So you have to stay mm -hmm. consistent to that goal. Yeah. Uh, if it's a single course, well, you know, don't have a portfolio that has them, has them do something like. I want to see your video editing skills and your audio editing skills. And, uh, if you could knit like what, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. Like it, it's just, just, it's just not the, one of these things is not like the yeah. other, you know? And so keep that continuity of what you expect of them, uh, throughout the semester. One goal, and that's why the goal part continuity. 
Yeah, and that's why the goal part you're talking about is so important and a starting point. It's because it's going to help with the continuity. It's going to help with figuring out those creative ways, the the multimodal ways that they get, uh, that they bring content into this portfolio. Uh, but I like that. I think those are good kind of three takeaways. Now, here's here's where I want to. It's going to get a little get a little messy here because we normally do an app and we are going to do an app. But I want to talk about other apps before we talk about the app, <laughs> specifically related to portfolios. Um, because yeah, while the app we're going to talk about today can be used in a portfolio sense, and I'll actually explain how I think I could use this for portfolio stuff, um, it's not solely committed to that. This is just a fun one that we've been waiting to bring out for a while, so we felt like this was a good episode to do it. Um, but uh, I think number one I would throw out there right now that's on the top of my list is one we've already talked about, which is Wakelet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love Wakelet. Like you, you're the one who found that on, you know, as usual. Surprise. <laughs> um, so like, but uh, it it checks off a lot of boxes for me. So when I'm looking for a tool that I want to do a portfolio, and I want a tool that allows the student to curate multiple different types of mediums into one area, right? So Wakelet allows you to bring in links. It allows you to bring in videos. It allows you to bring in websites. It allows you to bring in documents and files like it allows you to kind of curate them but then create them in a fun user-friendly um display yeah like the student can work to make it friendly so that people can look at it and they can tell their story about who they are through wakelet and i think that's what i really like about wakelet well and and without having to have a degree in graphics design or read and write html and css right like it's like drag and yeah. drop easy to use customizable tool that like when I built my demo and, and I was playing with it, like I, I just put a bunch of websites and links on it and that's it kind of looked clunky. Just a whole bunch of listed. Yeah. I, so I just started throwing some GIFs in the middle and it broke it up. Right. So every three or four, you know, uh, links I had was a GIF and it would it added some motion. It added some visual distinction between the stuff. I could have maybe done it a little more organized or more intentionally, but oh, yeah. it, it was just that opportunity where, uh, you know, a portfolio doesn't have to be dead. It can be lively. Oh, yeah. There can be something, you know, engaging. Well, you can about organize it. it. I mean, in Wakelet, it'd be easy to organize sections depending on what you've done. I could see ways using some of Wakelet's tools to create kind of like a pseudo timeline mm. of how things came about. Like Wakelet, Wakelet's a cool tool for that. So either way, I think Wakelet would be a good option. I think some other mentions in there. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are, Will, but like I could see. Adobe Spark being a tool that you could use to make portfolio content in because, again, it allows you to add multiple things. It allows yeah. the student to creatively organize them, and it's something that they can take with them outside of class and keep using yeah. long term. Yeah, and and um, uh, on that effect, well, and one of the things that's starting here, like Wakelet, you could have an institutional license. Adobe Spark, you'd have an instant, but for the most part, you might be telling people to go out and use a Gmail account or whatever to make mm -hmm. these accounts. And so you know that, honestly, they have ownership. It's their material. It's not associated with their app, you know, edu address. It's associated with their address, um, so they could go and do it. To that effect, I would I would add WordPress. Like I have a WordPress, I have a couple WordPress sites out there, portfolio sites that were built through my institution, and I'm honestly not sure that I can get back into them anymore. Right? They were associated with oh, my yeah, at edu address, and so I don't know that I can get there. Because WordPress has a free side, you you know you could have them set that up with a personal address, and they could make a WordPress website, which I think, you know, at the level of like scale here, Wakelet is like plug and play. They upload stuff into mm -hmm. Wakelet and then they organize everything in Wakelet. Uh, Adobe Spark has some content creation tools in it, like to create videos, create images, and then you can add that into like a website experience for for portfolioing. 
WordPress is a blank slate. Like you have to upload everything oh, yeah. into it. You have to pick a theme. 100%. You have to. You could. You could use HTML and CSS to change the entire thing if you wanted to. So I think that those. It's kind of a good spectrum of like. There's a scalable. Yeah. Right. From plug and play to like use. very custom. I think those are some great options. And where I'm going to change those around is like if if you're going to do a portfolio that lasts like an entire length of their education and it's universal. Like you might want to go with the WordPress because they're going to have time to get used to it. They're going to, you're going to be able to um, onboard them better. You're going to be able to scaffold that over multiple courses and programs and years. And so WordPress would be great for that. Um, a Wakelet's going to be a lot better if this is a smaller scale, a one-time portfolio because it's a one-time thing yeah. or it's over a couple courses or like the theologian thing. Like it's just it's yeah. easier to use and throw in there. Um, one last mention I'll throw out there because I don't want to just over tool us, but it's mainly tools we've already talked about. So it's okay. I can't, I can't talk about portfolios. Oh Will, no. Oh no. And not, yep. and Wait not for it, mention, Wait for and it. not mention the king of apps, the king of tools, notion. Okay. All like notion could down. be used for, uh, it could be used for portfolios very much so because notion is similar in a WordPress sense where like you have a lot of flexibility, to create a page with other pages in it that has multiple different forms of content from websites, images, videos, to documents, um, all in a curated and organized fashion. Um, and so I think notion is another great option in there mainly because I'm also just, I, as everybody who knows me knows, um, I have an obsession with notion. Uh, that borders on a problem. I don't we, know. We don't know for sure. I don't know which word is better, obsession or addiction. Like I don't know which one has the sickness can, element. This is <laughs> this is an aside, folks. I converted another person. I have a coworker who just took one of my templates, um, and I saw him over there the other day editing it and and setting up his task list and thing in Notion. I'm 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 converting people to the to the Notion dark Notion side. way of life. Notion way of life. It's amazing. Uh, whatever you want to call it. So anyway, there's a lot of options out there, but you'll notice Will and I are focusing on some digital ones. And that's because I think really at the end of the day, when you're talking about portfolios, we need to get away from some of that, at least for the stuff we're talking about. If you're still doing like art classes and stuff, that's a little bit different, but I would say you could still do digital stuff. And I think there's ways to do it. So those are some of your options. That said though, um, I want to, I want to kind of leave a, leave a note on this topic. You know, I, I feel like I want to, you know, take a take a millisecond to oh. to oh to, Josh. To, to just drop an important note well on to the topic i feel like i just channeled you i feel like i channeled you in the transition format today um well so done. the app we want to talk about it's one that's been on our list for a while uh, i used to use it a good bit back in the day um, and, uh, I just transitioned to something different because I found notion. Um, that was basically the end of the, the end of the story. <laughs> if not for notion, um, he would still for, be using this for my purposes, what I was using it for. Um, and we have a friend, uh, Chris who, uh, was on last episode on the podcast. Yeah. Last episode, um, is, uh, I remember where we we're at. Chris who was on last episode is also used Milanote. I know him and I have talked about it a bit. So, um, Milanote is, uh, an interesting tool there. I, if I remember correctly, when I first started using them, they were really kind of doing their thing is basically trying to be a note tool for like UX and graphic designers and like mm. the design world. And I think I graphic, I gravitate towards tools 
sometimes in that realm because they make them look pretty you know what i mean like so there's like because of what they're trying to use them for they're good yeah i i i love a good ux okay so like um and milanote is definitely that i i basically would define milanote as this is kind of like a whiteboard note tool okay um you basically get boards that you can create and then within those boards can add images files text headers uh blocks like organize around draw shapes lines mind map in milanote i mean the, the at the end of the day you can do a lot of different things in milanote it's kind of a baby version of miro to a certain extent with with one exception i would say with miro they're all about trying to be a whiteboard tool right okay milanote's not really trying to be a whiteboard they're kind of just trying to be a an open note space um to a certain extent that allows creativity and allows you to kind of create a board like almost uh uh an organized mood map to a certain extent right like so um you can add tasks and stuff in there there's a lot of things you can do but where i want to emphasize millinote here in this case is that it's a great creative tool if you're ever looking for your students to curate content in a creative kind of board fashion um millinote's a great tool for that because it allows them to add images draw things and do it in kind of a very blocked format on a board so that they can kind of move and shape things around and organize things the way they want. Hmm. And their bread and butter is that you can embed boards inside of boards. Okay. Kind of like board What? Right. <laughs> so, and these boards have cool icons. I'll throw some uh, images up on the page uh, for this episode to so check them out, but you can create like these little icons um that go lead to the boards almost like little buttons and so it's kind of cool so you can create like this whole board with some content but then maybe you want to diverge into a topic that you want to create another board within that and you can kind of create a button that leads the person there and the reason i wanted to bring it up during portfolios is because i could see you doing a portfolio in millinote Ah. to the point of like you can easily curate content into there especially for our art people and our graphics people it'd be really easy to like take images or make you know, maybe you designed an image in Adobe or a video and you want to curate that stuff into kind of like a board to kind of represent the elements of what you did in the project. Yeah. Right. Milanote could give you that ability to do that. So I could bring in maybe version one of the image. Right. And then show very quickly with like a line and arrow kind of the progression of how I got to the final image and actually even upload the files from Adobe that I created into there so that people could access them and pull them out and kind of get the picture of my journey uh on that project so i think like milanote's a cool tool to use um for that so i'm doing a lot of talking because you haven't really used it no, uh, so this, you're, hey, here's you're a, kind of just like learning it as i'm as i'm going here's right? a surprise one folks like this is not my app i, I did not find yeah. this one i've not used this one but i've used things like it and it sounds pretty cool do you know does it have any sort of like HTML embeds or linking embeds or is it just, is it So I don't think it visuals? has like any HTML. It's just basically like they work off of kind of like a block format where like you have different blocks that you can use. So they have links. Um, you can comment also. It's a collaborative tool. So you can't have people comment and stuff in it. That's um, cool. Like it can be, some people use it for productivity and project management um, where I think would be really cool if I was a designer doing like graphic design or like in marketing this would be a really cool like drafting collaborative tool because sure. you could like assign out things and literally have people have their own little boards within the project and click into it and see their images and comment on them. And it sounds like a great opportunity like for a gallery, you know, virtual gallery yeah. experience too. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, or like a media gallery, things yeah. like that. Like Milano would be perfect for that. I, I actually had a lot of faculty, of course, with, with COVID, um, look, look into digital tools to deliver like, um, poster sessions, you know what I mean? Where people can walk mm-hmm. around from poster to poster. So that's, that'd be an interesting uh, opportunity here to see if folks couldn't create like a, a poster session here where each student had a different, you know, board, if you will, and you could do have them kind of virtually, go around from board to board and catch up with each person like like a poster session there's a couple of yeah. cool options yeah and you can share uh it with other people uh you can't i don't know about putting html in but you can uh generate html embed code so you can embed these in other places even better um you can export all of the stuff that you do out to a pdf png word documents plain text and markdown so they have a lot of options for you um that you're doing there and collaborating so it's cool um pricing this is a freemium tool so um the free you get basically 100 notes and images 10 file uploads and unlimited shared boards uh, basically is how they advertise it um i will be up front one of the reasons i moved from milanote is i started running out of space and i didn't want to pay for it i'm just gonna be honest um because the pricing does jump up it's like 10 bucks a month per person wow um which is is a good bit for a tool like this. Yeah. Uh, I was only using it at a personal level, so that's why I didn't upgrade. Yeah. Um, but you, there are like teams and institutional level type stuff. So um, at the end of the day, it's a really cool tool. If this is the type of thing you're looking for, kind of this boarding, this this creative note taking, this p- creative portfolio realm, Milanote is a cool tool. Um, and because it's free, you can check it out. Just mess around with it. I used it for nine months before ever moving to something else. Wow. Um, That's and a good I freemium came close run. To, yeah, I came close to paying for it because I liked it that much. And then Notion was born. Um, so, <laughs> and it created a different world for me. But I, I think it's a really cool tool. So go check it out. It's just at millinote.com. Um, you can sign up for a free account. You can just create one with your email or they support Google integration and stuff like that. Oh. So you can sign up with your Google account and uh, just start messing around. Sweet. Uh, so it's a pretty cool tool. Well, we kind of smashed a bunch of apps into this episode, but that that lead app, yeah. I mean, at least the whole point is that you can get these portfolios done in a digital context. Um, I think it's I think it's just such a valuable learning tool, and I know that. Okay, I finally threw them out, but like in the last couple of years, I remember finding some of those portfolios from high school and stuff. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's cute to look yeah. back and see what I was learning about. All of my stuff on that theologian thing is digital; they're all Word documents, you know. So I do have that resource still, but I would have loved to have had any of this, any of my mm-hmm. portfolio experiences be in some sort of digital artifact that I could still access today, you know, and share around. Yeah. So yeah, lots of cool opportunities there. Yeah, definitely a lot of opportunities. So with that note, let's talk about next episode. So next episode uh, is exciting. We are starting the first series of season two. Okay. Whoop, 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 whoop. So we told you guys, we we're going to be doing some different things this year with season two. And one of those different things is, one, Will and I realized we were creating more work for ourselves by doing separate series from our regular episodes. <laughs> um, and so we were like, eh, why don't we just integrate those into the seasons, right. right? So we'll just do series. So we have a couple different series ideas planned, but next week kicks off our newest series, which is a series about accelerated learning. Um, and if you're not sure what that is or what we mean by that, uh, I'm not going to answer it for you right now. There's a series literally next week. Teaser. Go check it out. Teaser. Um, so super excited about that. We'll be kicking that off with a good friend of ours, uh, Justin, um, or as he'll be coming to know in that episode, uh, good old J baby. Um, so anyway, 
Uh, you'll find out more next episode as we kick off the Accelerated series. Uh, but with that said, just a reminder, check us out online at uh, Twitter at High Tech Podcast. Uh, like us, subscribe, talk to us. We're here. We promise. It's you know we won't bite we're, hard. We're gonna we're gonna keep sounding like sad people until somebody starts interacting <laughs> with us. So uh, <laughs> that's great. Do it. We wanna we wanna have conversations. Um, also email us at inbox at hightechpod dot us, and you can also check out our website hightechpod.us, uh, for the resource pages for this episode. For instance, if you want to actually see what Millinote looks like. Uh, a shot. go to that episode page. I'm going to be throwing up some stuff I've done and link it to some stuff there. So check it out. Uh, but with that said, thank you again, folks, for another week of the high tech podcast, where we're just trying to figure out how to harness that technology, you know, that, that tricky, that tricky tech, lasso tricky tech. We're just trying to lasso it uh, so we can harness it uh, in our classrooms, whether online or in the physical space. So we appreciate you journeying with us at the high tech podcast. See ya. See ya.